Holly Tucker, MBE, needs little introduction because she's so well known as the co-founder of Not On The High Street, the online marketplace which she built over the last 15 years and which was sold earlier in 2021. But Holly is perhaps more famous for the sheer energy and enthusiasm she brings to the entrepreneur space. Throughout the pandemic in particular, her amazing mix of inspiration and practical advice has proved invaluable to countless business owners. And Holly, right now your book, uh, Do What You Love, Love What You Do, uh, is out and it embodies this mix of passion and practicality. But aside from that, your big drive right now is into Holly & Co, isn't it? Which is, uh, as I understand, it's basically you as a virtual mentor. Uh, you're, you're a mentor to thousands of entrepreneurs, and it's proving a phenomenal success, a, a, a source of info and a lifeline. And, and that's really what we're wanting to talk about today. Uh, so welcome and thank you very much for your time. What a pleasure to be invited. So thank you very much for having me. Um, Holly, uh, let's start straight off with Holly & Co. Uh, what's, what are the origins of the project? What was your decision to put yourself out there in front of other entrepreneurs uh, as, a, as a mentor or a cheerleader? Well, if I, the truth be told, I promised my husband never again. Um, and uh, for all very obvious reasons, anyone married to an entrepreneur, it's quite a up and down existence. So, but there was a point in time where I just sort of knew that the bird's eye point, you know, view I had had over the 5,000 small businesses at not in the high street, watching them go from literally the kitchen table through the stages of growth to the point where we had 900 million pound businesses um, is, is, was one I sort of couldn't ignore. And I was told, you know, people said to me, you know, that the information, the knowledge that I have um, was like no other and that I needed to use it um, for good. And that, I suppose, was the start. Even though I'd said never again, I slightly now realise there was, you know, I have no other existence. I will continue to be an entrepreneur until, you know, I've said I'm going to retire at 90. And when you realize that you can help people, um, it is an absolute honor to then be able to build a business doing just that. And so Holly & Co was born, which was to help become a virtual cheerleader for the small business community. And I felt that there was nothing else like it out, you know, in the wide world. I'd seen small businesses grow and yes, they had not in the high street as a fantastic um, sales partner. But actually what I realized is that founders of small businesses, they needed a home. They needed a place to exist, a bubble to exist within where they could meet other small businesses, travel on the journey together but also just be lifted by creativity, inspiration, practical advice, and potentially someone being vulnerable who's been there and done it before, um, sharing their journey. And so that's the premise of Holly & Co, Co standing for community, collaboration, congregations. There's a load of CO words, which I'm very happy with, with the brand. Um, and it's very much the premise of the book, do what you love, love what you do. And Holly, I guess we should actually just for those who who do need a bit of a, a sort of feed in, it, 
what you're doing with Holly & Co is a natural extension then of the marketplace that that is not on the high street. Is that right? It kind of came, it is, it is a part of your relationship with those businesses where you were providing a, a, a sales channel. Yes. I mean, not in the high street was launched in 2006. Um, I started dreaming it up in 2005 with my business partner, Sophie. And that was very much a place that, you know, in 2006, you know, remember we didn't have smartphones practically. We were one of the first marketplaces in the world outside of eBay and Amazon. And we were trying to help small businesses that were being kicked off the high street find a new high street, so to speak. And that's where Not On The High Street was born. Um, and so, as I said, that's 2006 that that all started. And then I've really continued that love affair. I found my community. I found my space in this in this world. And Holly & Co is, I suppose, the journey continuing where now it's about, um, I suppose, the sort of umbrella of a small business's lives from a podcast that I've created, Conversations of Inspiration, to publishing my book, to a daily Instagram, to um, IGTV Lives every day, to Campaign Shop Independent, which is a campaign that we run twice a year now, the Independent Awards, um, and um, and the list goes on, I suppose. We're, we're literally creating a world for them to exist in. I, I want to go into some of that in more detail, but to, can you just t tell us a little bit about the experience of doing that through the pandemic and what part it played in what you were offering and, and trying to do with Holly & Co? Well, Holly & Co will be five years old next April. And I would say during lockdown one, well, the second it was announced, Within 48 hours, I created a sub-brand called SME SOS. I understood how alone that this community would feel, um, whether they should continue selling, how they were going to market themselves. And I put myself out on the first IGTV I'd ever, uh, you know, alive, the first one I'd ever. Just, sorry, so can you just tell people what IGTV uh, is? Yeah, so, so Instagram, so, you know, I, I, I basically you know, went live on Instagram and said to the community, I'm going to be here every single day during this lockdown. Now, I didn't actually realize how long it was going to go on for, but I did a live every day for four months and I had guests um, from, um, you know, all my friendly entrepreneurs that I know that I've had on my podcast, they all jumped onto my lives to help people understand that they too were going through this and what would their advice be? And, and so and I what would were they talking about? So, to, to some extent, this was what? This was about dealing with rules, about the practicalities of a changing sales yeah. landscape, Everything. As well as just inspiration, what, 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 yeah, was I mean, was firstly, saying you're not alone. Okay, we all don't know what's going on here, but together, we're going to feel better together. We're going to share our learnings, we're going to share our experiences. A lot of small businesses, they didn't even think that they should be selling their products because how crass for them to be selling their wares as this was all going on. Um, similarly, we were talking. Why? So because they actually felt that the, 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 the emergency was such that their business didn't have a place anymore. Absolutely. And I would say that that was the common denominator. 
And wow. a lot of them have turned to me and said that actually what I did creating this platform for them to tune in every morning. So I would start with breaking news. I would demystify the government and what was coming out. I would let them understand what furloughing is and understand what grants and you know funding that there was that they could get through. But I was demystifying it. I was making it human. And then I would have the likes of Joe Wicks or Fern Cotton or uh, the founders of Leon or Thomasina Myers or, you know, lots of people come on and say how it was affecting them in their industry and what it made the community feel that from the likes of representation from Dell Technologies coming on saying, we don't even know how to plan our marketing um, to, as I said, Joe Wicks doing what he was doing. This community understood that everyone was in a pivoting moment in their lives, it, that we had to be chameleons. And so it was creating language. It was creating the permission to do things um, that they just wouldn't have had if we hadn't created it. And it was possibly one of the hardest amounts of work I have ever produced because you know, we take ourselves back. I was alone. I was by myself creating, I don't know, two to three hours worth of content every single day. Um, and it has been extraordinary for Holly & Co. I would say it's been, you know, one of the largest growth periods so far that we've experienced and has really cemented the brand that we're going to be there for them, whatever happens throughout this journey of building their businesses. Coming up next, Holly talks about how the pandemic helped small businesses become chameleons and how many started to use social media seriously as a sales platform for the first time. And that growth, I guess, is proof of its, is, is tangible proof of its success that there is a demand for this kind of information, support and help, which, which uh, you know, amazingly you provided during that period. Um, what, I mean, can you generalize about the experience of entrepreneurs in the last 18 months? I mean, it's, yeah, for I some think... sectors, it's obviously, you know, this kind of quite headline sense of it being quite positive, but, but clearly not for others. Absolutely. It's been a mixed bag. Um, if we think in June, more businesses started up than ever before. And so one of the most unbelievable things has been, you know, a lot of people have been put in circumstances where they've lost their job or someone has lost their job in the household or they have to um, have a, um, a part time side hustle because they need to make ends meet. So what I'm seeing is that we've got, you know, a huge amount of people interested in this space. You know, I have 150,000 followers, a huge um, engagement in that community. And, and to sort of understand how it's been for all of them, I suppose I have to say that, you know, I, what, I, what I mentored them through this period of time is we, we all face near death all the time, <laughs> you know, in a business sense, because as an entrepreneur, you are continually looking around the corner, what's coming up. So the muscle that had been worked in these businesses were very strong muscles to be able to cope with a situation such as this pandemic. So actually what it was about was honing in to those skills of 
becoming the chameleon, um, as I said, pivoting, adjusting, moving with speed um, to the direction that, you know, the community is showing them or their, you know, sales are, um, are dictating. So a lot of businesses that I was speaking to were having Christmases every single day in terms of sales levels, and yet they had furloughed all of their staff. Oh. Um, you know, you or you were dealing with small businesses having to let people go. And what they did was they coasted through trying to reserve their cash through this period of time so that they could come out to the other side. Now, that was when we didn't think we would have lockdown two or three. But it, it has been ultimately a period of time where I think a lot of the businesses, certain people that I am connected with, and that's a lot, um, have used this time to strengthen their business. A lot of them have, you know, gone and done things that they never would have done before. Using social media in a, in a, as a sales platform, creating websites, which I thought possibly everybody had, but a huge amount of people still hadn't tackled online. So actually, I think a, the small business community, if they've survived it, absolutely will have come out stronger, but also they've used the muscles that they had already. Um, and I think that that was an amazing moment when we were talking to some of our big partners, such as Dell, Royal Mail and NatWest, that they were vulnerable enough to let these small businesses know they couldn't even plan the future. Mm. Um, so I think it was a leveling up. Small businesses didn't feel so small. Fantastic. So in, in essence, there was the strategies that were at, at, in common, all these different strategies to survive and to find opportunities where they were. In the past, can you talk a little bit about your own experience of uh, great difficulty in the early years of Not on the High Street when I think, I think um, you mentioned elsewhere that you had to turn to your parents to remortgage their home. The business was effectively achieving sales, but it was running out of cash. Is that the kind of example you mean, you know, of the of the, the muscles that you develop from, yes. from near-death near experiences? Yeah, near-business-death experiences. I call them the war scars, and I think anyone who's listening who has a business understands that. That's what you collect. And um, certainly you know, not in the high street, you know, many times nearly didn't exist and nothing more true than in 2006 when we thought as all best entrepreneurs do that we had a contingency amount of money until then we realized with our beautiful naivety that we were building a um, technology that eBay hadn't even managed to build in America um, and so we what was that technology so I know sorry you can't say something like that without without me wanting to know because oh, um, here you were basically yes. the business that came off a came off a kitchen table uh, in in southwest London and and effectively being a, a marketplace number three alongside Amazon eBay. <laughs> Isn't that? Thank goodness no one told us at the time. I mean, absolutely, we would have uh, probably downed our tools there and then. Um, we were building a basket, a, a multiple partner basket, which basically meant you could check out with multiple small businesses and only put your card details in once. Now, if we go back in time, at that point in time, Amazon still sold books. You had eBay where, you know, you'd sell your, you know, socks that your grandma gave you and the title would be one, two, three grandma socks. And somehow, you know, people were buying it. And so we had to bring up an entire community um, 
to the um, world of selling online. And so we decided we had to have a basket that could handle multiple. Um, we didn't want them to, customers to check out multiple times. And so we built a basket that could handle that. And I think we were at the same time that America launched it um, in eBay, for eBay, uh, eBay America. And uh, we launched it in Sheen, as you said, uh, Southwest London. Um, and it was an incredible moment. But, you know, if I go back to that time, we actually had to, you know, not on the high street, a, a fantastic concept. We actually educated the entire small business community what it meant because people still thought that they could take a picture of their products on their bed uh, with bad lighting. Um, I remember people asking me, did they need a computer and a printer to sell online? Mm. Um, you know, it was an incredible moment. We were educating an industry, then taking them through that journey whilst we were also trying to stay alive. You know, we were knocking on the doors of venture um, catalysts. We were being told that um, their wives did the shopping and that, um, you know, uh, women starting craft sites wasn't that thing. Um, and this was an, when we think only 1% of capital goes to women now in the VC world. Um, think what it was back in 2006. We'll come back to that. But I just, this was that the crunch point at which, at which not on the high street nearly did come to naught? What, what, what was it that Absolutely. got you through that period in terms of, you know, not only money from various sources, but sheer determination? What was it? What was it that well, firstly, you weren't going to sort of defeat? Yeah, firstly, it was my egg credit card checkbook that got us through. <laughs> um, because that was, we weren't paying ourselves and we were paying our staff with that. Um, and it was also, um, you know, now as a more confident female business leader, I can say that my instinct to call not on the high street, my second child, um, I had one, which was a human called Harry. Uh, he was three months old, by the way, when I started not on the high street. Oh my God. And um, not on the high street was my second child. It was my business baby. And I think that that paternal, maternal instinct you have for your business, you know, you, if, a, if a car ran over your child, you'd lift the car. If someone's going to try and take down your business, not on my watch. And it was that absolute mother lion protection that we had over this concept, over the fact that it was going to help thousands of people and businesses that we knew we had to survive. And so that led us to making sure we survived. And, and, and we did. Whatever was thrown at us, we did. So you knew to hang on, but there must be some cases though, especially you know when when the world is changing at the, the pace at which it is, where a business concept just isn't going to work. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I say to people, you have to let go with love. But when it came to not in the high street, there was no doubt it was going to work. Um, you know, as we couldn't afford the heating, I was buying the URLs for the entire globe. You know, the the concept of you know, making sure that people could shop with small businesses curated small businesses being the important word. You know, we turned away 99% of small businesses that applied. Um, I knew was going to be the future. And I knew that we were going to look for, um, you know, beautiful crafted products and innovative ideas. And I also knew that small businesses couldn't survive 
and the high street. And so they needed someone to scoop them up and do something about it. Um, but absolutely, sometimes things don't work out. But in you know my point of view, not in the high street was, Holly & Co will. And for small businesses, it's about understanding that an entrepreneur's journey, you know, a true entrepreneur, you know, as you know, um, they try things, they fail and they pick themselves up and they just head in exactly the same, you know, they do it again. They just do it in a different way from that failure they learn. And these are the, some of the pieces of advice that I am now trying to give to this community who ultimately have been brought up in a, in a way of thinking about business that I'm trying to change. And I, um, I'm glad you said that because that gets on to, to something else I wanted to talk about. I mean, Small businesses and business creation has always been around, but I think what you're talking about in the book and through Holly and Co and here now is actually you're describing a kind of social change that is happening and that you you want to see happening differently, as I understand it, which is you know um, I, 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 you've spoken elsewhere about fourth industrial revolution, people having multiple jobs. And, and you use this intriguing phrase, they will multi-hyphenate their entire existence. What does that mm. mean? Well, from my experience and, and, and understanding this community so well and understanding the types of people in this community and knowing how many more there are out there. You know, for every, we have a phrase at Holly & Co, dream, dabble, do. And um, because I'm trying to change up the language, you know, how ghastly to be called an SME. Um, so when you, for all the doers out there, how many dreamers are out there who have not plucked up the courage to, you know, to go for it? And so I think that absolutely there is a small business in, in probably all of us and that as we are entering this new period, absolutely of social change, but also that we're talking about things such as mental health more than ever. We're talking about our planet more than ever. We're understanding potentially our time better than we've ever understood it. You know, on my 40th birthday, I worked out I had 29,000. Well, on my 40th birthday, I worked out I had 29,000 days on this planet on average, because I love efficiency. And I realized then actually it was more of, you know, worse news. I had actually only 14,000 days left. I actually think we are uh, becoming as, as humans more aware of our mortality, our existence, certainly through this pandemic. And so I think life is short now means something potentially more than it did. And so you've got people who are saying, you know what, I've always had that idea. I'm going to go for it. And that... And, and that, I guess, is what feeds into the title of your book then. That's the love yeah. what you do message. Yeah, it's, well, that's it. You know, it's it's we don't have time to not do what we love. And actually, if we want to feel like we're not working a day in our lives, that we have a whole life, not this ghastly pre, you know, prehistoric notion of a work life balance. You just have a full life. And if you have a 360 life where your work is mixed into the beautiful patterns of your world, surely that's what creates happiness. And so for me, Holly & Co had to be created, a little bit like Not in the High Street had to be created to scoop up those small businesses. Holly & Co has to be created to scoop up not only the businesses of today, but the huge amount of founders that will be born tomorrow. And so Do What You Love, Love What You Do was that book where I'm going, okay, should we just give business a bit of a facelift? 
because it's not gray and boring. You know, we have another phrase at Holly and Co, bring color to gray. Should we just rip up the rule book slightly? Potentially, you don't need to have a business plan unless you're raising money. What you need is a phenomenal direction, an anchor that you place in the future that you bring the rope back and you hold on to, and a very robust, you know, financial plan and plan. But it's not back in those sort of notions that, you know, this is the way you do it. Um, and I think it's been liberating for a lot of people, certainly women. But what else needs to change in the world then to facilitate this and make it happen? Um, if there is a new shift that is coming from people themselves to take control and, and find the business within them, how does the rest of the world have to adjust to accommodate and to help that and benefit from it? Well, at Holly & Co, we have um, five missions, which I think are sort of summaries of what we need to do as a society. One of them is to help everybody do what they love, love what they do. Um, number two is to help people vote with their money. So if we want to actually create change, we have all the power that we need to create change in our pockets. Three is to help women start businesses at the parity of men. You know, that would actually pump in, I think it's two um, hundred and fifty billion pounds um, into the economy um, within three years. Um, four is to help the next generation actually understand what the entrepreneurial journey is. You know, our children are not being educated in a way that is going to set them up for the freelance economy of the future. Understanding this notion that you should be born an entrepreneur. No, unfortunately, everyone will need entrepreneurial skills. And actually, entrepreneurial skills are phenomenal life skills. And five is to save the independent high street as we all get on technology more our homes become the churches that we used to go out to we need to make sure that we um, protect our hometowns our communities that we feel human that we belong to places and people and so those five things at holly and co is what i'm going to be doing until i'm 90 to help create noise to help create energy around these and subjects. Just to, to pick on a couple of them then, talk, to, tell about funding. You've already alluded to some of the, the, the things that you've encountered in your search for funding and the journey of Not on the High Street. And you've, you've cited the, the figure, which is extremely low, about, about VC funding going to um, women-owned businesses. That feels, you know, it sounds like you're describing something that is a million years out of, out of kilter with the change that you're painting there. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not actually advocating for people to go and get venture capital money. I'm saying, what can you do yourself? Because I think that when we look to the government, hence why when I look to change the education system, I will be circumnavigating the government. When I look to raising money, how can you raise money in a way that is not then going through the land of VC? Mm. You know, and so actually, I'm. It's all about the people and bringing power to them. You know, where there is a will, there is a way. If it's going to take you a few more years to grow, then take those few years to grow and make sure that you're in control of what you're growing. And we do have to also remember the businesses I'm talking about. I'm not talking about um, Silicon Roundabout. I'm not talking about the businesses potentially that would want to go and raise VC money. Um, 
I'm actually talking about the backbone of Britain. You know, I'm talking about the um, six million small businesses out there who are on a journey, who prop up our economy. And, you know, it's a small percentage that will go to, you know, VC worlds. But actually, I'm talking about the rest of them. And that is where I think the power is. And that's where I'm very, very excited to help them figure out what their journey is going to be to what I now call live a good life business. And a good life business is what I've replaced with SME. You know, it's a business that actually understands that picking up the kids, you know, in the morning and the evening, being able to take August off um, is actually in balance with their ambition and their profitability and the growth of their company, that actually some of us aren't building, you know, a world to go and try and buy Necker Island. Mm. You know, a lot uh, of people want to exist in a happy environment, and I believe building business creates happiness. And then in a way, I guess you're, you're something similar, your point around education. Um, is, it, is, it, is it the case that you did get an E in business studies, by the way? I only realised that last year. I thought it was a D uh, for the last 20 years. Um, and then because my son is about to get his GCSEs, I did ask my mum and she said, no, darling, you've got an E. And I thought, oh, God, you know, it gets even worse. Um, but yeah, you know, and I... That kind of does highlight your other, your point, isn't it? That the education system is, in, as it is, isn't setting people up to become confident no. entrepreneurs. You know, absolutely. And, you know, I have my own podcast. I've interviewed 130 incredible entrepreneurs from oh, just everybody, basically. And when I look at what the common denominator is there, is none of what they built was due to their education. It was actually due to their spirit. It was due to the, you know, vast, uh, I would say 50% of them are dyslexic. There is this really outdated way that we're looking at things. And it's why I'm super passionate as I stabilize Holly & Co to be able to take on another challenge such as kids, which is an enormous challenge, um, is to try and implant the sort of the cookie cutter system is not necessarily for you. You can achieve when you get an E in business studies. You can be dyslexic. Actually, you can be, um, you know, have any of the challenges. And in the future, this will be um, sought after. You know, different ways of thinking now is incredible that actually you don't need to go to university necessarily. You can start a business. So this month at Holly & Co, it, we always celebrate uh, kidpreneurs over the summer. We're trying to highlight the fact that you can start from a young age, that parental guilt is a completely wasted energy when you're bringing up the next generation in the house, running a business. What phenomenal skills are you giving to your children? And this isn't happening um, you know, in their day to day at school. So we've got to ditch the guilt. We've got to understand we're prepping the next generation. Um, and we've got to also help our children uh, understand that the fact that we've been taught for hundreds of years the same way, and yet our world has sped up faster than ever, um, that we've got to do something about it. And so I'm looking forward to that challenge. In the final part, Holly talks about a future business landscape where small businesses are likely to be far more dominant because they're the ones that will have an emotional connection to their customers and a clear sense of purpose.
Well, what does it mean for existing businesses? You've, you've, you've spoken elsewhere about creating personas for business and how the businesses of the future are likely to have that sense of personality. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Well, I think businesses in the future, you know, as we get busier, as there's far more available to us, I believe that the future will be the absolute personal connection you have with a company. You know, I remember being told that not on the high street was far too emotional because, of course, that phrase was used because I was a female leader. Actually, fantastically, it was an emotional business. It meant we had something that was unexcellable, X. And that's my phrase when I say you can't worksheets. Yeah, you can't be put into a data sheet. You can't put it into a data sheet. That is the uh, emotional commerce that I'm, I believe is the future, where we're going to be relying on less brands, but brands that we absolutely have a connection with. And who better than founders of small businesses to create those brands of the future? And Always, I talk to small businesses, they have to have purpose, a purpose beyond what they actually create. Now, I know now we're talking about this all the time, but actually, you know, many, many businesses still don't have a reason for existing outside of the commercials and the utilitarian nature of the company. And so this is something I believe will be the future. And again, why I believe the future is going to be uh, there for small businesses, because I think small businesses can capture their purpose. They can um, lead us in our, um, you know, the business world is going to be so powerful, small business world, when it comes to our planet. It's going to be very uh, powerful when it comes to raising children in a different way. It's going to be very powerful about work-life balance, but the new form, the good life businesses. And so I think that um, founder-led companies um, are going to be what it's all about. Hence Holly and Co. And um, Holly, when when people turn to you, do you think you know what? To what extent are they just feeding off the amazing energy and? positivity that you have. I mean, you know, you you have a nickname from your youth, I gather, which is Hurricane Holly. You've been referred to as the human espresso, which kind of captures that <laughs> sense of, of, of energy. Is that what, what is it about you that is such a magnet to other business founders? Is it that energy or is it practicality or, or what is it? Well, I, I, you know, it's very lovely of you to say that, you know, I've been called the mum of small businesses or, you know, I think it's that I've realised that my place on this planet is to serve and um, that I truly believe in people and their dreams. Um, you know, I, I, can, I meet people on the street every day. I, if I go on holiday, I'll find them in the deepest, you know, areas of Africa. And I love looking at people's worlds and their dreams and helping them go for it. And so, yes, I have this energy, but it's all because of my enthusiasm and passion for making things happen, helping people being unlocked into what their future happy life is. And so, um, and hopefully also my own battle scars, the fact that I am vulnerable, I will talk to people in a way that they don't expect because they can relate 
relate to me rather than being a sort of um, potentially the personas that we see on TV that are being, you know, that bring up our small businesses, um, you know, with women in power suits. And, you know, it's all about, you know, um, sort of what you can't do. And I actually want to concentrate on what people can do. And so that is what I hope I bring you know, bring this world. I bring the people that, you know, I meet. And if I'm honest with you, I feel like it's the best existence. The amount of energy I receive, you know, the amount, the, the fact that I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life is all down to those dreams and those people striving. And, um, and I just have such admiration um, every single day. I, I, you know, as I said, I, I, I don't work a day in my life anymore. It's fantastic to hear. Um, We've spoken about not on the high street, and and uh, and that is going back some time now. But you know there were other chapters of your life uh, before that, uh, many successful, some less so. Um, just as a final thought, what chapters are you looking forward to ahead in in the life of Holly Tucker? Well, I would say if I could possibly have today, every day, if I could keep my entrepreneurial enthusiasm to build, if I managed to build Holly & Co, not into an empire, but a beacon of positive amplification, if I'm able to, you know, my son is 16 now, he was three months old um, when we started on the high street. If I can get him off to uni, which he wants to go to, um, you know, I, I will feel that my entrepreneurial journey hasn't, you know, damaged him in some way. That will be a really big tick in my life. But I suppose what I'm looking forward to the most is um, really having a place where I can change hundreds and thousands of people's lives. Um, it's an absolute privilege. And so, you know, every day for me is an adventure. And so I, I, I hope I get to have, as I said today, many, many more times during, you know, the rest of my life. Holly Tucker, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very, very much indeed. Well, thank you so much. You've been very kind. Information is not an offer, solicitation or recommendation of any funds, services or products or to adopt any investment strategy.